All right, this is Darker Days Radio, episode number 102. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by Chris. How's it going, Chris? It's pretty good. I'm uh, all ready for this episode. All right, good. And we've also got Chig. How's it going, Chig? Going great. Happy to be here. Nice. And also joining us is special guest Matthew Webb, who has an upcoming Night City Cyberpunk LARP, which we'll be talking about next week. How's it going, Matt? Pretty good. All right, awesome. So today we're going to be talking about Cyberpunk 2020, a little bit about 2077, also the upcoming Cyberpunk Red tabletop role-playing game. The purpose of this episode is not only to introduce the cyberpunk RPG setting to listeners in preparation for next week's LARP interview, but also to act as a primer before we cover the World of Future Darkness White Wolf Magazine article in a future episode, which gives you rules to mix cyberpunk 2020 and the World of Darkness. But uh, before we get to that, we're just going to do a quick game update as we do every episode, and uh, I'll talk a little bit uh, this time if that's okay. So, uh, of course, coming up, I have a uh, cool new Shadowrun Anarchy game, which I've been talking about a couple episodes back, and it's finally getting off the ground. It's got a whole bunch of players interested, and um, it's it's cyberpunk, just with a little bit of magic added, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. That's my... <laughs> Are dragons running corporations a little bit of, si- a little bit of magic? Yeah, just, just a tad bit, just a tad bit. Hey, it's a it's a fun setting. It's cool, but uh, as we'll actually talk about on today's episode, discussing the Cyberpunk twenty twenty uh, setting, you can really see a lot of the DNA or a lot of the ideas that FASA just stole for uh, hmm. for Shadowrun. So it's going to be a pretty interesting comparison. But uh, yeah, pretty excited to get Shadowrun Anarchy off the ground, and uh, yeah, also excited for this episode here. And I think with that, we'll just move on over to our Cyberpunk setting segment. Yeah, so we're going to cover uh, Cyberpunk, mostly Cyberpunk 2020, because that's the book I have, the book that Chig has, and uh, I think, Chris, you have a, a PDF copy as well. Yeah. But of course, we'll try to put in a little bit of information about the upcoming 2077 game, because uh, there's a lot of interest in that. Uh, CD Projekt Red's turning a lot of heads with that, and a little bit about the uh, Cyberpunk Red game as well. In Cyberpunk 2020, the year, of course, is 2020, and it's a bleak time. The distant future. It is still the future for another another 10 months. Corporations have replaced governments as the service providers for the teeming masses of the cities. The urban jungles are a, uh, a world of style over substance, where a cyberpunk's attitude means more than the uh, heat that they're packing. Uh, this is a world where another exists underneath with a wild computer network called the net that corporations desperately try to control all while being eluded by these cyber cowboys and code junkies known as the Netrunners. Outside the cities is mostly a lawless wilderness with territories fought over by roving biker gangs of nobads or staked by the uh, communities of low-tech neoludites. Um, And how we got here doesn't really matter, you know. Some people point to the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, others blame the European countries uniting under a common currency, the euro dollar, and uh, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, and the least historically knowledgeable cites the uh, stock market collapse of the United States of America. But whatever the case, the year is now 2020, 
And from the economic collapse of the 1990s, the corporations are the ones that rose from the ashes at the expense of the individual. And yeah, this is the, the default setting of a Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk 2077, the kind of new updated setting. And also for uh, the upcoming LARP that Jackalope is doing, they're very focused on Night City, which is this giant megacity between Los Angeles and San Francisco. And uh, I was wondering, uh, Matt Webb, since you, you're so you know down in the weeds about this, reading a lot of source material, if you could just give us a little quick two-minute summary of what Night City is like. Night City is the ultimate cyberpunk city. It was constructed by a corporation, by corporations who funded this visionary named Richard Knight, who said it was the city at the edge of the future, which turned out to be an accurate statement, but not in the way that he wanted it to be. It has gang violence, it has street dealers, it has massive corporate plazas patrolled by deputized corporate security, it has hover cars flying around, it has neon everywhere, and it's the city that has been through hell and back and has become one of the pre the the center of both technology and culture and everything in the free state of northern california and it is the it is the the set piece setting of cyberpunk 2020 it's meant to have everything in it that you could want out of a cyberpunk cityscape i was going to say the with mike the overview you gave there's a there's a lot of things which immediately for as jumping points so people could maybe help visualize what um you know a cyberpunk city looks like i mean we've had Altered Carbon on Netflix. We've got, obviously, the Blade Runner films. Uh, some other classic things. I think, Mike, one of our favorites is Oedo, uh, Cyber City Oedo 808, which is a classic anime with cyberpunk elements with some slightly supernatural elements in there as well. Hmm. Of course, Akira with Neo Tokyo is a, a great point of reference for how complex these cities should look. And then I'm trying to think. There was, there was another one on the tip of my tongue. Sometimes... Um, a really good one recent it was only a single season um charlie jade is a south african uh canadian um sci-fi series that one of the realities is very cyberpunk-esque so that that's some points of reference i would go to and then the the setting of cyberpunk 2020 isn't too far from our own if you look at the way that cities are growing and combining together and you get these large kind of conglomerate kind of urban stretches and you know people are moving more into cities and we should be moving more into cities because they are more resource they should be more resource resource efficient i think if we built them properly with vertical gardens and arcologies and we built into the ground because then it's more you know energy efficient for heating you can also look at some real world examples because a lot of the inspiration behind cyberpunk came from real world cities and urban planning of asia mostly asian cities uh seoul hong kong are good places to look with its giant verticalness and the tight alleyways and there's this great if you can find pictures of it unfortunately it's been demolished there's this part of uh hong kong called kowloon which was this basically lawless unzoned area that was hyper dense and had been slowly built up for 50 years that ran its own telephone and electricity wires and had all these illicit businesses and poker dens and like off-licensed butchers in it. 
and it's this beautifully packed sort of space. Just look, and it's it is the inspiration for so much of cyberpunk. So, of course, in the cyberpunk twenty twenty setting, the main antagonist is not only the uh, individuals, the other individuals in this kind of you know libertarian post capitalist hellscape, but uh, also the corporations, these large multinational corps that own their own land, have their own extraterritorial laws, and just a heck of a lot of money. Right, Jig? Oh, yeah. The uh, the mega corporations, uh, they make everything and employ everybody. Um, the car you drive around, the uh, building that you live in, the gun you use to protect yourself and for no other reason, obviously. Uh, the neural interface jack behind your ear, uh, those are all made by a small handful of uh, corporations or one of their many, many, many subsidiaries. But that's not all. Because in addition to making everything that you use, see, and turn your nose up at as being too bourgeoisie, they also own the bank you store your money in. They own the bar you drink at to escape your horrible, horrible existence. They own the patents uh, you're breaking on your illegal cyber deck. They own the hospital you go to when a run goes bad and you need to see a doctor. They use the medicine that doctor, they own the medicine that doctor uses to treat you. And in a very real sense, they own you. Because... In addition to owning everything else, uh, these are the people who hire you and your buddies uh, as a sort of off-the-books uh, corporate espionage agents. Uh, without them, you'll die penniless and alone in the gutter, and then you'll probably be eaten by feral children. That's a, a different cyberpunk game. Although, to be fair, the odds of you not dying in the gutter are only slightly better with the megacorps on your side. But hey, Dying in a hail of gunfire in the uh, corporation that you just broke into is technically a different way to go. In addition to the the standard, we make the stuff that you buy, all of it, and the component parts, and we own the factories that make those component parts, and the housing that the workers live in that make those component parts, and the people who make those component parts, basically, style mega corporations that are familiar to many cyberpunk games. Cyberpunk 2020 also included a couple of other uh, types of megacorp that I personally found to be very prescient. So in addition to the standard, we make stuff megacorps, there are media corps. You know, that's your your AOL, Time Warner, ABC, Disney, Warner Brothers conglomerate uh, style company that uh, owns all the media. Not just the media in your area, although they do own the TV stations, the radio stations, the news, the magazines, the comic books, all of that. They also own the the intellectual property. So that leads to uh, entertainment in the cyberpunk world being remarkably bland and samey and having gone through, you know, multiple levels of uh, consumer testing to see what, what plays out without offending anybody too much. So if you want to use anything to escape the the dull existence of your life, media is not going to be a way out. Uh, it's it's very bland. They also own the news, which uh, means that they can just stifle and shut down any dissenting opinions that don't toe the, the corporate line. They'll just kick you right out of the sphere of conversation. Secondly, there's agricultural corporations. This is going to be your, your Monsantos of the world. So if you eat it, you drink it, you ingest it or metabolize it, it's going to be made by one of these giant conglomerates. After the world started to run out of uh, fuel in the way of, you know, petroleum byproducts, uh, that 
these corps became even more powerful by being the only source of the biofuels that everything now runs on. So that alcohol that you're, you're drinking there at that uh, aforementioned crummy rundown bar that's owned by a corporation, well, that's uh, definitely a uh, corporate byproduct of the fuel that they're making. So that's super awesome. Pairs nicely with that delicious soy burger that they also make and are happy to sell to you. So, hey, bon appetit. One thing I can add is that the major wars of the 21st century, these people, these corporations are able to fight and defeat either by hiring or with their own forces, entire nations. And the seminal conflicts of the 21st century in cyberpunk have not been between nations, but have been for corporate wars in quick succession. Yeah, it's really interesting when you take a look at cyberpunk, how they delineated between the manufacturing megacorps, the uh, media corps, and of course, the uh, agri-corps. Um, and when you compare it to like the 21st century that we live in, all of those exist, those three, but we also have these really interesting like middlemen corporations, which make up some of the largest in the world right now. You know, for example, Amazon doesn't really manufacture a lot of their own stuff. They're really just this middleman that's transferring goods, essentially, and acting as like a, a gatekeeper between other corporations and, you know, individual buyers and consumers. And then, of course, you've got the uh, more data-driven technology corporations like Google and Facebook, which uh, Cyberpunk didn't really, uh, it was from my reading of the core book, didn't really, you know, come up with originally. That's why uh, That's why Mike Pondsmith is a game designer and not a bajillionaire. You'd actually, you'd actually <laughs> did not exist in Amazon and Google when they were getting <laughs> right. around. I was going to say, you'd actually list Amazon under these those data, that data-driven um megacorps uh, right, right data is the middleman because it controls the flow of it will control the flow of physical items ultimately um but yeah i mean it's 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 crazy we are we do have megacorps of some form one of the cool things that they're really trying to do in cyberpunk red and one of the things that we're trying to do in uh our 2036 version of Night City in Cyberpunk Night City is try to incorporate, without breaking the timeline, try to incorporate the new media and these new types of corporations into the timeline. The justification we use is that the reason why YouTube streamers and Instagram personalities, those kinds of people are only now showing up in the last 10 years in our version is that the media corporations and the communications corporations suppress bandwidth. They control that kind of communication and in the fallout of the fourth corporate war, when there was a big loosening of corporate grip on communications and media, all these things which were waiting to happen and have already happened in our world are now flooding in. So there's a big effort to incorporate this new stuff into the, the red and into the night city setting in a way that doesn't just uh, just write them in post hoc right on nice uh matt you've done like a lot of thinking about cyberpunk in the setting um are there any other like corporate types that you've kind of thought of any other mega corporations that have been introduced in the the last couple years that maybe weren't in the old uh cyberpunk 2020 a new media corps are the big one the mm -hmm. uh people like recording systems inc have we didn't write them in but we've rewritten them to kind of be getting ahead of the big boys by embracing these new voices 
and the idea of these people that are brokers for individual streamers and their audiences and their eyeballs are new and and frightening. But one of the big themes in the new version, the new versions coming out of Cyberpunk, is that the corporations and national governments have kind of equalized the corporate the power of the megacorps has become less omnipresent and they actually have some fight they actually have to fight a little bit so there's this idea of the conflation of uh conflation of corporate and national power at this point where they're much more intermarried as opposed to the megacorps overriding them you also have basically corporate underworld like la casa nostra incorporated and people who who are dealing in illicit matters, but have effectively adapted the mega corporate model. Right on, nice. That that sounds awesome. So let's move on over to talking about the edge runners and how you really like play and experience the uh, cyberpunk setting as written. And this is what's really interesting because I think when you start talking about the uh, the edge runners, you really see how this role playing game took a look at the works of uh, like Neil Stevenson and William Gibson and really codified it and codified the gameplay aspects for so many other tabletop role-playing games and video games that came after so i actually just wanted to start off with a quote which appears pretty early on in the uh, the cyberpunk 2020 rulebook which is quote as a cyberpunk you grab technology by the throat and you hang on you're not afraid to check out the newest enhancements cybertech and bioengineering you've got interface plugs in your wrists weapons in your arms and lasers in your eyes end quote. So I think that really kind of gives you like a good feel for, you know, the uh, the bleeding edge of technology and the fact that you're really in a, uh, a very interesting position as a character in this world. And we start to go down and look at the uh, different archetypes of edge runners, you know, it really becomes obvious how this has influenced other games. So of course you have the solos, which are, you know, the really badass guys with all the, uh, the guns and the, uh, you know, the chrome cyberware. And uh, they frequently are like, they can be like hired guns, mercenaries, but they could also just be like a vigilante in Night City or something like that. You've got the Rocker Boys, and these are kind of punk rock musicians in this cyberpunk future. And uh, I didn't really know what the inspiration for this was. Um, I'm not sure if anyone else here has uh, has any ideas or kind of can figure out where the, the DNA of this came from. So there's a trilogy by an author named John Shirley, who uh, also wrote 18 songs for the band Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, and the mm. trilogy is the A Song Called Youth Trilogy. Uh, mm. That uh, is, I believe, where the rocker boy archetype comes from. Also, you know, there's the actual music as countercultural, countercultural bellwether and you know, all the albums about how rock will save the future and lead us to a bright tomorrow. Right on. Yeah, it just seems really strange to be playing a musician in a game of, you know, corporate espionage. I know that it says Rocker Boy, and it it implies very heavily that it's musician, but it doesn't have to be a a performing musician. You know, you're not, it doesn't have to be Josie from Josie and the Pussycats out there. You know, it could be uh, a community leader or a... uh, you know, like I don't know, a poet or any any kind of performer, uh, activist archetype. And the Rocker Boys are not broadcast. They perform in the streets, and they are often the voice that can't be ignored. They can get into places you can't 
they are the countercultural media icon. And the rocker boy and the rocker girl can be the uh, the social face and has all the access to places and often has access despite the best efforts of corporations because they have profile that they've gotten by a way that they don't control. And there's a rocker boy movement in Cyberpunk 2020, which is about creating your own music and the youth and society kind of flocks to them. And even the corporations kind of look to them for what's popular because they're this Petri dish of what is going on on the edge of society. They're the original influencers. Yeah, nice, nice. Thanks for the info. Yeah. Of course, next up you have the net runners, which are like the uh, the hackers of the setting that go into the net. Maybe they'll uh, steal some hot RAM or they'll uh, grab info from a corporate database. This is obviously inspired, of course, by Case uh, from uh, Neuromancer, but also movies like Hackers, uh, Lawnmower Man, etc. So pretty straightforward and, and classic uh, character for the uh, computer-driven society of a, of a cyberpunk setting. Uh, next up, of course, you have the uh, the techies. Chick, uh, can you kind of talk about these a little bit? Um, so these are your renegade mechanics and uh, street doctors. I wish I could come up with a, a good media example of this, but uh, I am honestly drawing a blank. Anybody? Sneakers. I have not seen sneakers. I'm a There's a great movie about people who break into buildings in order to test them. And it's just the classic sort of you know uh technician slash thief slash you know john oh, connor yeah. from john terminator connor. 2 is a good example of a techie the that person who can walk in insert a card and break anything and get into anything just look at ghost of the shell standalone complex there's mostly quite a few of those type characters lurking around in the background Oh, yeah, right on. I wasn't even thinking about Ghost in the Shell as I was uh, writing some of this stuff up. But yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good media example for pretty much everything we're talking about here. But next up is the medias. They've got their own camera. They're going out in the streets and they're getting the facts to people. Maybe they're putting on their cyber blog. Maybe they've got an illicit stream. Maybe they got a pirate radio station. But the medias are out there getting the uh, real news, the real truth to the masses outside the corporations. And uh, clearly, I feel that this is inspired by the uh, Max Headroom uh, TV show from the, uh, the late 80s. Uh, definitely has that same cyberpunk feel, even though we, of course, know that the, uh, the main reporter on that worked for Network 23. Uh, Mike Pondsmith has just flat out told me that the medias are Edison Carter. <laughs> okay, right on. We knew it. We knew Confirmed. it. Confirmed. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, after that, of course, we also have the Nomads, which are... Uh, they're interesting. They're usually like the uh, kind of like motorcycle gang type characters. Um, you could definitely see some inspiration for the ones that are outside the city in the more wilderness kind of scenarios uh, with Mad Max and uh, and Road Warrior, of course. No, I'm I'm, I'm I got to disagree with you here on this one, Matt. Really, Jake? Really, Mike? Yeah. Um, so the Nomad special ability is called Family, and anybody who has mm. seen the Fast and the Furious movies know that. They're all about family. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they may not be based on the Fast and the Furious since the, the book predates it by a good, I don't know, 10, 15 years. But uh, that is your, your media example. I was also going to go with the, the bike gangs from 
again go for Akira, you know, the clowns yeah. and the um the gang which uh that Canada and um Tetsuo are members of. Uh yeah, uh that's that's a pretty good example. Okay, fair enough. So you'd say probably that Mad Max then is maybe a more of a solo that just has a souped up badass yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, I think I fair think enough. you can go with that. Fair I think enough. also I had a great idea for a Rockaboy um example just now cuz I was thinking we were talking about Mad Max and my mind went to an unfortunate TV series that got cut, you know got canceled after its first season. Uh Blood Drive, there's a character called uh, Slink who runs the show and sets up the races and he oh, is a classic yeah, rocker boy. I do remember that. I don't think it got canceled. I think it, it just told its story and was done. No, it got canceled. They had a full plot line going beyond. We've got oh, the DVD really? set. That's <laughs> what I know. <laughs> uh, another good example of what I think of as nomads is uh Morgan Shepherd's uh character in Max Headroom that kind of and all the blanks the ones that live at the edges who kind of work together and are defying the system but they're the one who runs the uh pirate radio station mm. on uh right on yeah blank reg reg blank reg that's his name but those guys the the ones that are even farther out than the edge runners and are completely like untracked and live at the in the waste so forth like that yeah definitely you also have a very interesting uh kind of in-between character type which is the corporates so this could be like a you know disgraced you know former employee or someone that's working in the corporation but also assisting the edge runners or maybe just some douchebag that's trying to get some extra money that sort of thing i don't know i always think of when i read this the uh that uh that one character in die hard that's like doing oh, the cocaine yeah. oh, and... come on yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's my uh unfortunate quintessential uh corporate guy um, the, but there's some cool options there the guy gets killed by the grenade and robocop yeah yep right best i won't repeat the line but one of the best lines in cinema his, cinema history that's only two <laughs> words <laughs> could, delivered perfectly could um i'm just thinking is it um under corporates could it be hauser from total recall so um so arnie's character's actual original personality yeah that would yeah, be a definitely. good example yeah or uh the doctor from firefly if we're gonna get yeah. a little bit outside of you know the one with the credit rating and the access mm. And then finally, we have uh, cops. So, you know, you could just be a more vigilante cop that actually sees the horrible things happening in Night City and decides to work with some edge runners. Or uh, they could be just a, a trained uh, police officer that's trying to make some extra money on the side. Uh, a lot of options there. You can, of course, look for uh, examples in Blade Runner or maybe Ghost in the Shell, as Chris mentioned, uh, and probably some other examples, right? Uh, yes, I think um, you could go with Strange Days. So you've got uh, you've got Ralph Fiennes' character. Now he's a disgraced cop, but again, you could possibly go with that character concept. Oh, that's Strange Days is fantastic. Also, uh, the partner, the uh, black woman, is also an ex police officer yes. in that. Yeah, I mean, right on. Also, Judge Dredd, where you're the only law in a giant lawless city. <laughs> kind of, kind of especially the new version especially new yes version. uh maybe not demolition man then <laughs> no, i was thinking more oh, of urban so. yeah. 
Demolition Man's hilarious. It's great. I love Demolition Man. It's one of my favorite 90s, and it's totally cyberpunk. It's all about the rat burgers. <laughs> oh, that one had the, uh, there's the fast food wars, right? Mm. And Taco Bell won? Yeah. Not yeah, right. for, not for Chris, for, for Chris, uh, Pizza Hut won. Because oh. there was no Taco Bell when they released in Britain when they released that movie, so they changed oh all gosh. the scenes to be Pizza Hut. Really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Still talk, I it's still screen is. I'm gonna have to find that. I don't believe it. <laughs> Go look it up. Look it up. There's this. I I saw it once that they pulled up to a futuristic Pizza Hut, and I'm like, is this some like extreme version of the Mandela effect? What happened? <laughs> and it turns out when they released it outside of the United States, because Taco Bell was not a uh global brand they they released it as pizza hut wow they reshot all those scenes and that's that's just wild nice and then finally of course we have the fixers uh you see these in a lot of different games usually not as player characters so it's interesting to see one as a uh part of the actual edge runner party using their contacts using their charisma and of course you can look at uh a lot of media, but also just intriguingly, if you just look at like real world uh, espionage and that sort of thing, you can find a lot of information on on fixers and handlers and that sort of thing, uh, which can be phenomenal inspiration for Cyberpunk 2020. Cool. And uh, that's pretty much it for the Edge Runners. So you can see how you form these kind of parties of uh, people with different skills, maybe an A team of sorts, and how that kind of has progressed through all the different uh, Cyberpunk games. So. Definitely, uh, definitely some cool stuff. Uh, is there anything else anyone wanted to mention about the Cyberpunk 2020 to 2077 setting? Uh, anything I, I missed in this kind of general overview? No, you got it. So, yeah, I think that's it. Um, Cyberpunk, as I mentioned, is a really interesting, cool setting. I would highly recommend it for anyone that is interested in Cyberpunk gaming because, again... If you go back and you read through some of this and look at those raw ideas that Mike Pondsmith and his uh, fellow writers came up with back in uh, 1988, I think that's when this came out? 1989. Okay, right on, right on. You can see how it progresses and matches up with a lot of different games like Shadowrun, like Deus Ex, etc. So it's definitely really cool. And then I think for uh, just kind of closing remarks here, um, of course... Uh, we are Darker Days Radio. Of course, you can find us uh, at our website, which is darker-days.org. We have our email, which is uh, darkerdaysradio at gmail.com. Uh, we have a new Discord server, which are plenty of people around. We have some good conversations going on. You can check that out uh, with a, a link in our show notes to log into that to get the invite. We are also on Twitter at Darker Days Radio, and we have our Instagram account uh, where you can find lots of cool photos that uh, uh, Sam is taking or... Uh, Chris is taking up like his miniatures and that kind of thing. Matt, thank you very much for like coming on the show and helping us out here and, uh, you know, exploring and giving your insight into the cyberpunk setting. Really appreciate it. Um, do you want to, uh, you know, let people know a little bit, of course, about your upcoming cyberpunk LARP, which we'll be talking about next week, uh, interviewing you further on Yeah. and, uh, any other information on Jackalope? Yeah. Um, uh, we're running our big budget, uh, immersive cyberpunk experience, May 25th, 2019 in San Antonio, Texas. We're converting a warehouse to a block of night city that you get to play in. And you can find us online on Twitter at Jackalope LARP and also on Instagram, same name. And you can find us on Facebook at Jackalope Live Action Studios or on our website at jackalope-larp.com. And you'll find more information and we'll looking forward to the interview uh, next week. Thank you, everyone, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, definitely some awesome stuff. And of course, to all the listeners out there, take it easy and have a good night.
This episode of Dark Days Radio uses music from Occam's Laser under private license and Cynics under Creative Commons license. Be sure to check out and support these cool artists.